Thank you for listening to Copas Unfiltered. For this episode, out of respect for our guest, we're not going to use her name or show her face. For those listening on YouTube, so you will be seeing the blurred uh, face on there. For those listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you won't be affected. But we do want to thank you for tuning into this episode. Thank you. This is Compas Unfiltered, and I'm your host, Checo. And this is your co-host, Noe. What up? Yes, sir. Uh, today, we'll be talking about mental health, brother. And today, our guest, special guest, is going to help us out and talk about this, um, is Jane. Welcome to Compas Unfiltered. Hey, Hello. welcome, Jane. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on and helping us talk about this subject. We'll be talking about anxiety, uh, depression, and just because some of us, you know, a lot of Latinos... I stay. We see. We don't see the depression or anxiety as a thing. We know we we ignore it. Um, we think it's like it's non-existent. I guess for us or whatever. We're just not informed. But it's it's real and it's out there. I'm going through. Well, I go through anxiety now, um, and it's it's crazy. It's definitely crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, to tell us a little about yourself, um, as far as like I guess uh, your school, your background, you know. Um, so I did, I do have my master's in social work. I attended, um, Aurora University for both my bachelor's and my master's degree. Um, so after I graduated, I got hired with the company that I'm with right now and I've been there for about four years. So yeah, that's cool. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well with, um, with depression and anxiety, uh, especially with the pandemic, and you know it was at an all-time high, mm-hmm. but it was even um, I guess it was worse for like kids because mm-hmm. you know they're they're so young and they're going through stuff like this. You know, mm-hmm. what was it about mm-hmm. the pandemic that made all these kids go into depression, have anxiety, panic panic attacks, and whatnot? Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? Um, so when kids are going to school, they have a certain routine. So when they go, um, they wake up in the morning, they have their breakfast, and they're off to school up until like. Sometimes two thirty, three o'clock. So it depends. But they're used to socializing. They're used to seeing their friends. They're used to learning. They're used to a lot of. Most people are, are um, visual learners. So when they're learning from a computer, that's very, very different. But I feel it has to do more with like the socializing aspect. When children get to socialize, that's where their brain develops, and that helps them grow even more. So when you kind of take that away, that atmosphere away, and you're just sitting in front of a computer, it's really, really hard for them, especially like, let alone in the classroom to pay attention. Can you imagine just being on the computer? It It's hard. Even so for many an distractions, adult. yeah. Yeah, even for an adult, you're on a Zoom meeting for three hours, you already checked out like half an hour ago, so. Right, that's <laughs> yeah. true. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. So having a kid do that, it's really, really hard. And then for a teacher trying to get their attention, and then they think that they're in trouble, and yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm thinking. It also has to do with um, some of the kids who probably don't have the best household. Um, they probably have abusive parents, abusive siblings. Um, everybody's household is different, so it just depends. Gotcha. Yeah, because I know in the beginning, you know, um, that's when a lot of people were like saying, open this, you know, the country back up, you know, mm-hmm. get the kids back in school and whatnot, because everybody's going through depression, anxiety, and whatnot. And you know, in the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't think anybody's really going through that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can see people who are probably like alcoholics and whatnot. And they need, yeah, they need alcohol. They need whatever. 
Um, but with kids, I was like, nah, I think they're fine, man. I think like I would love it to say, you know, stay home and not go to school and just go to a, a Zoom class or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know, hit that mute button and go back to sleep and look <laughs> sad. But then I started talking to friends and family and then they were like, no, yeah, like my kid has depression or, or some kind of form of it. You know, they're showing signs or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like that it was crazy to hear that close friends and family like their kids were going through it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but like what are some of the signs as well? I mean, for us to Be- kind of look out for. Yeah, um, just a change in their behavior if they're normally not laughing as much or if they're not participating as much in activities and that one's a little harder because a lot of the kids they're in activities like soccer football and all that stuff so then they took that away too so it's like it was it is a little bit harder to depict but it is more of like if they're just not themselves if you notice that they just don't have interest in doing anything anymore um hard time getting out of bed is a big one um yeah, I think I would more focus on that. Just knowing your child, you know what I mean? And some some kids do a very good job at like hiding it. So probably just interacting more with them, you know what I mean? So if they're trying to find a way from that, that could be another sign as, as well. Like try harder to engage them in mm-hmm. socializing and mm-hmm. whatever, conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, for instance... Kids come from home from school, right? They do their homework sometimes, yeah, right? So, yeah. but then they go play outside with their friends. It just depends. Again, it's just like they always have certain activities after school. Some of the kids um, have those after school programs that they they look at, like they look after them, they tutor them and everything. Again, they took all that. Oh my goodness. They took all that away. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it is harder. And I mean, I don't have kids myself, but I would say it would be harder to depict it. But yeah, just interacting more with um the children and if you do see that they're spending more time in bed or if they're just not trying to get out of bed or just not themselves i would probably ask like what can you do to help them concentrate a little bit more or become more of themselves okay um i know with um that's with kids but with adults um that they're going through depression going through anxiety and whatnot and um they rely like on alcohol Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. that's why like alcohols were essential. You know that they, they didn't shut down because for for that reason, mm-hmm. they're and, functioning alcoholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And well, we said uh, alcohol sales went through the roof, and you know, but there's mm-hmm. you know, um, with that, I mean, like, what what are some of the things that people can actually do to actually help? To you help. know, I mean, I know they can look for signs, you know, I mean, maybe not alcoholism, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to want to get help and whatnot. But like for some of these other, like for the adults, I mean, for the mm-hmm. kids, you can, yeah, so, you know, try to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe seeing a therapist. Um, uh, I know schools do have those social workers. I really don't know. And I should probably have more of a conversation with my colleagues that did graduate and became social workers out of school. Um, I do know that they still see them, but again, it's via Zoom. So I don't know how that complicated their job and how, yeah, how it affected them. But I do know that the social workers at school still see them. Um, school social workers are a little different than a regular therapist because they usually just refer out or sometimes they do see them for, you know, a few weeks. But if they see they really just knew do need outside help, I guess you can say, they do refer them out. Um, so again, I'm not really sure what schools and school social workers are doing to help with the kids. But for adults, it's kind of the same symptoms in a sense. Um, 
not being able to get out of bed. A lot of it is focusing, feeling hope, like lack of focus. I'm sorry. Um, feeling hopelessness. Um, just again, not participating in your routine activities. We brought up alcohol. So some people started drinking when they probably never really drank before. And all of a sudden that was like their habit that became their habit. Um, and that was their stress reliever. But the thing is, as we all know, there's a tolerance. So then it just gets higher and higher, higher, higher. higher and higher. And then that's where I kind of brought up the functioning alcoholics. Some people are like that. And you don't even realize that they're um, under the influence because, again, it's they're normal. functioning. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's their norm. Um, but I'm assuming that's why the, they skyrocketed because it's like you're home all the time. And some people, when they would come home from work, what's the first thing you do? Grab a beer. Yeah. So oh, all you're home all the time. Well, let me drink beer all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go through a whole twenty four pack in one day. Sometimes. Yeah. That's probably not. With the, the and I was just a side comment with the legalizing of marijuana. Did you see a lot of people kind of steering more towards that for stress and depression mm-hmm. or anxiety, or you haven't really heard much of that? Like not really, because the the adolescents that I work with, um, they don't really use those up. To, substances so okay. i'm not really sure i don't i haven't really worked with adults um in the past four years okay but from what i heard i think a lot of people veered more towards um uh it's something that wasn't cannabis i can't remember cbd or yes CBD? so like cbd oils and everything right. and so that kind of leaned them off on that actual cannabis because that actually because they were using it for anxiety they were using it to feel a little bit more at ease and they saw that the oil helps them, so they just kind of veered off of that, you know? Right. So okay. um, if I've ever seen if cannabis has kind of, like, gone up or anything, I no. I don't think so. Okay. Mm-mm. I know with, um, at least with myself, my anxiety, you know, that I, that I get um, from time to time. In the beginning, it was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I'm like, I think I'm dying, you know? Like, yes. I'm having a heart attack, bro. You like, felt that bad? Oh, it was it was bad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, man, I ate one, two tacos, too many, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was bad, though. Like, I was just, it was... It's hard to explain, you know, uh, until you actually go through it. I just can't believe you blame tacos right now. I'm, I'm a little upset about <laughs> tacos that. are life. <laughs> tacos are life. That's why. But I was like, man, maybe yeah, I'm just playing. <laughs> but um, I never knew what it was. You know, I would hear about it. Obviously, now when we were younger, it was just more so because of the pandemic. Like, like, oh, people are going through this and that. I'm just kind of like, I guess. But you know, I don't, I don't know anybody in my family that goes through it. You know, so. Um, it's not like a Latino thing. You know, it happens to <laughs> anybody, apparently. And I did try, like, CBD and whatnot. That no. did nothing for me, bro. No. Like, it did, like, nothing. Like, I, I the, the only thing that helped was um, cutting out certain foods, um, not okay. drinking as much, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think it plays a big part big part of it because, you know, we, had, we talked about um, alcoholism and whatnot, but, you know, and, and obviously drinking beer when it's, it's depressant, so... Mm-hmm. It doesn't help the situation, especially if you're going through anxiety. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, like I know for some of my friends, and um, they were when they go through it, they have thoughts just running like mm-hmm. 100 miles an hour. You know, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that. Like, is this, you know, whatever, whatever their situation is. Mm-hmm. And like, and for me, it's like, man, I'm over here watching Netflix. I'm I'm cracking up, you know. And next thing you know, it just kicks in, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell just happened? Like, what did I just do? You know. Mm-hmm. And they start thinking about what did I eat, what did I, you know, whatever, what triggered it, you know? Mm-hmm. And can you explain to the people exactly what you feel when you get one of those 
a tax it's, bro, or it's man bro it's, it's so weird it's like it's like i think i give you the example of drinking the monster like oh, right 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 yeah we did it. mention that uh talk about that um yeah it's like drinking a monster or a red bull or whatever where you get that like jittery feeling but you know like you can tell when you have jitters you're like oh shit my hand's shaking or mm-hmm. whatever you know and it's like no like i'm looking at myself I'm like i'm good mm-hmm. i haven't drank caffeine i haven't drank you know anything sugary you know but your heart's racing you're sweating or what well like- that's the thing too because like i i have um when I was going through my first anxiety or panic attack or whatever, like I ended up in the hospital, man. Like I, you know, I went in or whatever, and I'm like, oh man, like what is it, bro? They hooked up every machine possible. At least that's what it felt like to me. And it's the, they're like, bro, your your heart rate normal, your mm-hmm. oxygen levels normal, your all the blood work, like everything's completely normal. And I'm just like, man, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, like what am I? What am I? What's you know what's happening? Um, but then they were like, yeah, like, are you stressed? You know, that's, that was like one of the things, like, are you stressed? Are you going through this? Or that? I'm like, no. I'm you like, looked at your wife and then you couldn't respond. <laughs> You're like, fuck, she's here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> she actually wasn't in the room. Oh, okay. COVID. Oh, okay. Oh, but COVID, they, yeah. yeah. They, they don't let oh, it, I thought they, they were trying to protect you. <laughs> <laughs> like she's outside, in. bro. <laughs> 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 A lot of I'm playing big. I'm playing I'm just joking too, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to not let me in the house you anymore. You see, we're like, um, but no, that, that was some of the stuff that they were asking, you know, like maybe you're just stressed, maybe you're just whatever. And I'm just kind of like, man, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, maybe, maybe I was, you know, and, um, now it's like, you know, just cutting out certain foods and, um, I want, yeah. you know, try stay to stick hydrated. to it. Yeah, trying to stay A lot of people don't drink enough water and they don't no. realize that can actually, uh, you can get a lot of symptoms with that, that you don't really think are induced because you're not drinking enough water and part of that is that because your body is asking for that h2o yeah. technically you're supposed to be drinking half i think like 70 or 80 percent of your body weight so oh, you have to do like that that math equation right but you have to drink a lot like your body needs a lot of water and either it will give you a headache or it will give you some kind of symptom letting you know like hey you're dehydrating uh, yeah here. give me water yeah. you know what i mean because yeah, I mean, and another thing that goes hand in hand with drinking a lot of water is getting good rest, right? Yes, getting Sleeping, good rest. Getting yeah. good rest. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, hundred percent. But it's like when you get anxiety, especially like at nighttime, you can't sleep. Yeah, only that day. Oh yeah. my god, bro! Like it's it's so hard. It's non-existent. <laughs> right. So to me, I don't know if I've ever dealt with. I'm sure I have. You know, I just not at the level of probably that you're having it or as consistent. You know. Um, but just sometimes it, one of those nights where you can't sleep, mm-hmm. that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, all right, I'm tossing and turning. I'm like, why the hell can I sleep? You know, and then that starts freaking me out. Like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm tired. You know what I mean? I want to go to sleep. Let's go. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's the same exact thing you're dealing with. But that starts triggering something in me. Like, yo, OK, what the hell could be going on? Why am mm-hmm. I not sleeping? You know, I had coffee like this morning, but what's up? Mm-hmm. You know? I'm, I usually knock out within minutes, dude. So to me, oh, me any too. night that I'm not sleeping normal or it's taking me, you know, forever and counting sheep isn't working and shit <laughs> like that, you know. Does that ever work for you? No, but praying does. Praying does? Yes. Oh. Try that. That works, bro. Trust me. Re- start reading the Bible. That'll work, too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to read it with the lights off. You gotta <laughs> turn on the light to try to start reading. Dude. Have a nightlight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've um, 
I've had that, bro, and and like I have tried certain things, you know, like oh maybe doing this, maybe doing that, but it's like no, nah, no, no, no. Instead, once you have that anxiety, like there's no, almost it seems like almost nothing, mm-hmm. nothing can 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 knock you out for you to go to sleep, and then when I'm not thinking about because like I said some certain friends are like oh my mind's racing, and mm-hmm. it's like for me no I'm, it's not, but then I do start thinking like fuck like now I have. I'm I'm counting down my you know I'm looking at my phone. It's like oh shit, I only got five hours and I have to be at work. I'm like fuck. And then five hour turns like oh man, I really only got two hours now. Like yeah. damn, like how am I gonna pull it off? Like I, mm-hmm. I've been awake or whatever. Yeah. And that, so now my mind's racing, mm-hmm. and it's like you provoke it, yeah, in a sense. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different things, and I know we were talking about coping skills. Um, and I'm a big pro um on that just because there's just a lot of things that you can do either before bed or anything a lot of people don't know but exercising actually does help you sleep and actually reduces a lot of people's anxiety because of the hormones and everything and um that are going on like while you're exercising um and it doesn't have to be anything necessarily too active you go for a 30 minute walking you're good um it is suggested to have like a 30 minute um be active every day for 30 minutes. That's it. It doesn't matter what you do. If you really don't like exercising, just go for a walk. Something as simple as that. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of things that people can do. Some people do take vitamins to either go to sleep. And that's the more healthy way to do it. Um, if exercising and other things are working. But it is frustrating. Because people, it's like a process of elimination. Okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. But one thing you do have to put into context is like, am I actually trying Am I actually, you know, utilizing this to make it work? Um, so, for example, exercising. Some people say to make it a habit, it takes out, like, two weeks. It's the same thing for coping skills. Like, you have to, like, oh, make it okay. a habit. Because if not, you read for two days, ah, it's not working. Well, yeah. It has to be about yeah. two weeks. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it has to be about two weeks for you to. And eat. you would obviously recommend everything natural before you start going into these vitamins that put you to sleep or whatever. Oh, absolutely. What is that? I, I forgot what it's called. Um the vitamin to sleep, it's um And they're promoting and a lot it. for kids now. <laughs> well they're promoting a lot for kids. I see it a lot yeah. for kids and I'm like, why would they need melatonin. That? Yep, melatonin. Yeah. That's Sorry. it. Yeah, and they do actually have like the kid version yeah. and everything because uh-huh. it could be, you know, too much for them. Um but yeah, melatonin definitely works, but again, if your body gets used to it, then you're gonna have to take more and more your body. It's like So you always recommend going the natural the natural route. Work out, eat healthy, yeah. drink a lot of water, you know yeah. and yeah, cold, like read, like read the Bible, <laughs> uh, pray, oh. <laughs> <laughs> meditate, something, even having soothing music, right. something to calm your mind because your body does have to relax before it actually goes to sleep for some people. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. For some people, but some people can just knock out in two seconds and I really don't know how they do that, but it happens. That's me, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh-huh. And um, there's some people that probably have tried everything. You know, they're they're, they're fit, man. They they eat the right foods. They, you know, they do have to now go to a doctor and get medication. You know, mm-hmm. and I had talked to a buddy. He's a he's a nurse, and he was like, you know, it could also be a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's what it is, but it's like, man, I really don't want to take pills, you know. Yeah. But so far, I've, I've been able to get a grip on it. But that's it's good. like, yeah. But it's like, if I couldn't get a grip on it, and I was trying everything, that, you know, and I'm not yeah. trying to take pills. And most know? therapists, we are more um, pro, like, for you to not try to take a medication, and you doing it more of like how I don't know he said, like the natural, natural way, because. Um, 
medications have side effects and you don't know what side effects you're going to get. So like normally what happens, like for instance, if you knew that you're having anxiety and instead of going to, um, to the hospital, you went to go see a therapist, the therapist would actually send you back to the doctor to get all those routine tests done to make sure you're okay. And then we can go focus on, okay, it it does sound more like anxiety now, but they, we, or when I say they, we (laughs) have to um, eliminate that possibility. So Mm -hmm. for instance, that it's anything else. Yeah. So like if you were to go in tomorrow to see a therapist or Monday and you told this person that you have already eliminated all that stuff. Okay. Then let's, you know, continue with what's going on or whatever, but we are trained to make sure it's not medical. Because we need to eliminate that possibility. Making sure first. your blood work, your you know, all that oxygen mm-hmm. levels, everything you said yeah. earlier. Some people with di- order. Yeah, and some people with diabetes actually do feel like that their anxiety symptoms because it could it could feel like that. Um, a lot of people who have heart conditions could again it's it could feel like if it's anxiety. So we just have to eliminate that part. But it doesn't mean that oh you have heart condition so it's not mental health like no they can coincide it could be both things it's just we need to make sure that we get that taken care of first and then so you can treat them properly yeah because if somebody does go over the route of taking medication then the psychiatrist has to make sure that the medication that they're taking is okay with all whatever other medication somebody else is taking yeah gotcha um and obviously Anxiety and depression is not something you choose, you know. And we were talking like um, it, it could be genetics as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like definitely. Um, that definitely can be a possibility. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the possibility. So your whole family could be fine, and then you get it. Um, I know we we're talking about that. It could be event, uh, an event that causes that as well. So it just depends. Everyone's different. Yeah, right. any traumatic event or whatever. Yeah. You recently had a traumatic event, no? Or witness, or witness <laughs> one. You witnessed so, one. We were talking off cam, and um, I was telling them, well, one when I was a kid, I was in the car with my mom, heading to the laundromat, and we got hit. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing crazy, nothing, nothing huge. But after that, I was always gripping onto the seat when she would break, or you know, freaking out when I'm in the front seat, not trying to get in. You know, always trying to get in the back. You know, and um, I mean, I kind of linked both together. But it kind of just phased out on its own. I don't even think I ever mentioned it to my mom or my family. Like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm, this is, I'm feeling this type of way. Every time I'm in the front seat, I'm like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of phased off. Yeah. And uh, the other one you were talking about, we, I mentioned earlier too, <laughs> was with we're on vacation. This lady has her kid in the kiddie pool. Kid's facing down, you know, and she's yelling out, you know, to my brother-in-law to, to help. My brother-in-law is focused on... His daughter and my son in the pool, so he's you know he's zoned in with the kids. He's not really he could hear it, but he's not paying attention to what the words are saying. Um, and he's like, I guess she was yelling out, "Señor, señora, you know," and he wasn't you know it didn't click. Yeah. He said until the dad jumped in to save his son. Um, then he's like, "Oh snap!" Like the little kid was drowning, you know. Um, and then the dad, you know, he he was pissed, bro. He was yelling at the lady, and you were mentioning those three words, you know. Yeah. It's flight, fight, or freeze. Right. So it's just, it's a reaction that someone has when they're going through a, any kind of event. Right. And the reason why um, why that, that topic came up or that conversation came up was I was asking my brother-in-law, like, yo, man, like, you think that lady froze? Like, she didn't jump in to save her son. And like, what happened? And he's like, I don't think he, I don't think she froze. Like, she was yelling out for help. Like, I could hear her, but I just, I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you were saying that it could be both, right? Yeah, she she did freeze in a sense because she didn't want to go and save. But at the same time, she was probably too scared. So she was fighting for that person and, you know, trying to get someone else to be able to help. So it yeah. could be a mixture. Right. It, that's a, that's a, a weird situation. Yeah. But the dad jumped in due to the kiddie pool, busted his knee kind of, you know, because he came out of there limping, bro. <laughs> I mean, imagine jumping in, you know, to it's it was like not deep at all, bro. Probably like one foot, you know, it's for kids, dude. Noelito was standing up in there, you know? Oh, no. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's crazy, though. But mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, everyone reacts very different to a situation, a traumatic situation. And as I said, um, any event could be traumatic. It's a an event that is unexpected. That's basically what a traumatic event is. And it, if it does impact you in a certain way. Um, but normally they're more of like car accidents. What that lady went through is pretty traumatic because now is she going to bring her kid around the pool now? Right, is she going to be right. too scared bringing her kid out around the pool? Um, uh, it could be natural disasters, as we know what happened in Texas, and I believe Colorado is going through something right now too. So it just depends. So it's um, kind of a form like a uh, PTSD, right, you said? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a form of PTSD. So there is a diagnosis for that. But um, so somebody that experiences a traumatic event doesn't necessarily have PTSD right or in general, but they still have something similar to symptoms of that. So having nightmares, not being able to go to sleep. um, And some people, it doesn't phase it. So like, for instance, if somebody's in an accident, some people are more, how should I say it? Um, Like if you, all three of us were in an accident, we're all going to be phased differently. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't really impact us. Um, We're just processing it differently. Um, And just because you're not um, having symptoms of that accident at that moment doesn't mean it can't happen six months later or a year later. Some people even start having symptoms like 10 years later. Right. And I was actually going to bring that up to Checo as a question. I mean, I don't know if you're going to, you're probably not going to be like, I don't know, bro. (laughs) But the fact that you're dealing with these anxiety attacks now could that be something traumatic that happened to you as a child, you know, or growing up? You know what I mean? Like, and this is just thoughts, you know, I have no idea. But, I mean, I was going to ask that just to see if anything happened or do you remember something like, oh, or maybe you don't remember, but you will soon. You know, like maybe it'll it'll be a flash. It'll, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I actually too many movies. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. I had actually talked to, uh, to a friend, you know, he's a, he's a nurse or, and whatnot, and he was just like, it could be something like that something that happened before and then all of a sudden and i'm just like man and so it got me thinking you know i was like what you know but what like because i'm literally like i'm laughing i'm watching you know not watching netflix or whatever i'm watching something or um nothing that nothing sticks out to me like, so you were the bully. I mean, you were beating up. People. No, I was not. So what? No, like, what could possibly be you? You had no fear. No, no. I, I apologize. I take that back. <laughs> it's this interesting guy. that you say that because it is. It and what your brain does sometimes it suppresses it, so it kind of in a sense like files it away. Um, and when it feels that you're ready to process that, that's when it uh, kind of. It's like some sort of like amnesia in a sense. Like it comes back whenever it wants to. It plays with you. Your brain is very it's complicated. Yeah, it's yeah. a very tricky and it tries to play with you all the time. So if you don't have that control over it, it can easily take you into a spiral that you can't even imagine. Um, but that can easily be um, something that you suppressed. Some people the- who've experienced trauma and as they're in their childhood, 
they could have suppressed it and especially if they didn't report something or whatever they suppressed it they kind of blacked it out they don't want to remember it but then like later on in life somehow they're having all these like triggers and having all these memories in there you don't even know why like they don't know what's going on right mm-hmm. okay so i wanted to get into uh depression how it affects people mm-hmm. and then um uh, how we can um some of the signs i guess some mm-hmm. people could notice yeah. um but before that a little quick word from our sponsor <laughs> we got to get that sponsorship in for sure so we'll be right back shout out to our sponsor lumbre mix some of the best michelada mix around they also have chamoy for all your beverage rim needs in three flavors original mango and watermelon put that thing on everything also for all the candy lovers they have watermelon gummies and peach rings it's a mix of gummy candy with chamoy just fire now follow all of their social media to see what store is near you and we're back so now um we're gonna talk about depression Mm -hmm. um basically what is depression and how it affects people um uh, well depression is can be categorized as um chemical imbalance as well okay um but it also could be situational so it could be if you're going through grief or um it, and again, grief could be any loss of anything, a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a pet. It could be um, like some children who move away from like their childhood home. That could still be considered grief because it's something that belonged to them for a long period of time or a short period of time. Um, so it could be situational as well. So it just depends. Yeah, and how uh, right now you just said it, it could be situational and it could be when you lose someone. Mm-hmm. Um, also for like a breakup, you know, I mean, yeah, you're losing someone, you know, because you're not with them anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it. Yeah, because they dumped your ass. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Sorry. That's sorry. one way to put it. <laughs> I apologize. <sir>. This guy. <laughs> no, but again, for us Latinos, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you, you broke up with your girl. Or they dumped you. Look at that. And it's like you go into. You know, I guess like it's called depression. You know, for us, it's just you know, like you're just gonna drink for a while yeah. until you get over it. You know, and and man up, <laughs> party, <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's pretty much what it is. You know, yeah. um, but it's for some people, man, it gets it gets bad. Yeah. Like you know, they there is no getting out. Mm-hmm. You know, like it gets really bad, and then mm-hmm. it turns into alcoholism or or anything else, whatever else they're they're, they're into. They get into. Yeah. Yeah, it, it turned into a lot of things. Um, so it is part of a grieving process because you did lose someone, right? So um, it could impact anybody in a certain way. I've seen people who they really are depressed for weeks because they, it could be a long-term relationship that they were in and they probably found out they were cheating or something. So that can easily put someone into a big hole uh, of not wanting to do anything because they feel betrayed. So it, it really depends. Um but with depression, um, again, it is situational. And like I was mentioning grief, it has phases. So, for instance, if we all were experiencing the same amount of grief, we would all go through it differently than different um, stages of grief. But he could be depressed, but I could be denying it, and then you could be already in acceptance. Like, somebody can last in depression of grief for a year, for two, for three, for a long time until they're able to process it so it just depends on again it depends on the person and that doesn't necessarily mean that 
como no están trabajando en eso. It's just, it takes longer for some people. It, it depends. So is there a standard process of grieving or no? Because is, everybody deals with it different, but, mm-hmm. or there is a kind of like a, hey, Faces. this is kind of what you should be going through. Yeah. Try to take these steps. And, yeah. Okay. And some people skip phases. So like, for mm-hmm. instance, the first stage um, that is mentioned is denial, because normally that's what really does happen. So if you lose a loved one, what happens? Like, no puede ser, God, just bring Can't them back. It. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a different phase, but like, you're just in denial that this person just passed, right? That's normally the first phase, but some people either don't go through that yet, or they go right into the next phase, where it, which is called, I believe it's bargaining. Um, I forgot the phases, like the order of the phases, but one of them is bargaining. And bargaining, for instance, is like, Dios si me lo trae para atrás, I'll do this, I'll behave, or whatever, you know. That's considered bargaining. Um, and then there comes anger, la ira, and then there comes depression, and then there comes acceptance. Um believe i said all five i could be missing a couple you said um, a few in spanish like um you oh, yeah. learned, did you learn this <laughs> stuff in spanish or no well because the adolescents that i work with right now are spanish speaking oh that's oh, awesome okay. yeah that is some good stuff so um i would have loved to learn it in there because some of them come from indigenous countries so um they do speak spanish but they mainly speak their dialect So when I'm trying to present these things to them, it's 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 a little on the challenging side. They kept me on check with my Spanish though. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and that's what I try to explain to them. Like it's just different. Some girls, I um, boys and girls, some clients that I have, um, the adolescents, they probably lost their parent like five years ago, and when that happens. Checo has already mentioned it. Estás bien, no más está aguitado, you'll be fine. You know what I mean? They're not allowing them to process it. Like, process that grief. Like, you just lost someone. Like, let them talk about it. Let them feel. Because if you're not letting them, you're not letting them process it. And they're just going to suppress it. And we already mentioned that word earlier, right? Si no malo está guardando, later on it's, it's going to come up eventually right. so at, at what point and i believe Checo, I, i don't know if you asked this earlier but at what point is it like okay it's unhealthy that you're still talking about it or you're still oh, that's all you're mm-hmm. thinking about you know and if you notice you're trying to help now i, I didn't know that you should kind of let them speak about it and let them express and you know mm-hmm. um yeah. instead of and i feel like you don't do it on on purpose to not let them speak or feel mm-hmm. but you try to distract the person and mm-hmm. you know come at things with a different angle or like talk about something different or hey yeah. let's do this you know and you know maybe i was doing wrong and and, and no, that no, no, you know no. what i mean so what you just mentioned is actually a perfect way where if you see someone they're just too um they've been in that stage too long like they're just not they're getting worse if you see them they're declining a lot more than where they were at that's probably a sign like okay maybe we need to go talk, talk to someone if you don't want to talk to me it's fine Or distract them a little bit and maybe just encourage them a little bit. Vamos a salir afuera just a little bit. You know, right. go for a walk, something. But if you see they're just really rejecting that and they're not trying, then that's more of a sign that they probably should be looking for outside help a little bit. But again, it, the clients that I mentioned, so they're adolescents. Right. So when they're adolescents, they're boys and girls. They, the the parents are probably like, it's done, man. You know, you're fine. But um, when you lose a parent, all some of them come because they lost a parent so they had to come over here to come with the other parent and so it's just it depends it's difficult right mm-hmm. um, yeah. so but whenever somebody does lose someone and it's early on you know mm-hmm. months and that's fine to let them express and feel that's yeah, what you should kind of support yeah okay that's good to know that. that's good to know 
Mm-hmm. Because, again, if you're just letting them shut down, they're not really relaying what they're actually feeling or what they're actually thinking. Because, for instance, I could be thinking if I lose someone, was it my fault? Did I cause the death? Did I, they had to come pick me up and they got in a car accident and now, now it's my fault. You know what I mean? So they're self-blaming. So it's really, really important to help them help them process it. And if you yourself don't feel comfortable, see if somebody in the family can like tag team it with you. Like, well, can you see if they can talk to you about it? Something. Right, right. Okay. Or even journaling because some people just don't like talking about it. So journaling as much as some people don't like doing that, it helps. A new form of journaling actually it's very interesting because now we're in the whole digital yes <laughs> i couldn't come up with the word um digital phase so some people actually audio journal now because they're talking to themselves they are using it as a journal nobody else has access to it and they're just you know venting that way because it does get exhausting you know writing so much and you have so much to say and everything so just audio journaling helps a lot too talking to yourself when you drive bro i catch myself doing that all the time <laughs> Yeah. I think I'm rapping, but I'm not. I'm actually talking to myself. Like, man, Is that I, normal? Am I going crazy? Yeah. Don't diagnose me. She's yet. like, yeah. <laughs> like, that was We're going to talk after this podcast, right, bro? <laughs> yeah, that was messed up, Chekhov. Oh, okay. When I come up with a hit song, bro, <laughs> come over here asking for the rights, dude. It'll do really well in the same asylum. This is pretty fire. <laughs> That's messed up, bro. Um, but actually, what you just mentioned is very therapeutic. You talking to yourself and making sure that, um, well, I mean, it obviously depends what you're saying, but if you're. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. Right, right, right. Typically, I'm practicing for a composite filter, so I guess it's normal. No, uh, it's yeah, yeah, it could be. You're, you know, you're actually, in that sense, bringing up your self esteem. Good. Yeah, so that. you're increasing your self-esteem into coming into a podcast. So, yeah, that's actually a coping skill. Whether hey, you know it or not. Look at that. Look at that. I'm doing well, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For people who don't want to probably record themselves talk, they don't want to talk to anybody, at least maybe in the family. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't I don't know how it works with a therapist. Like mm-hmm. if, if your insurance would cover and whatnot, so it might be expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what else could people possibly do? Um, or maybe not themselves because they don't. Maybe they don't want to get the help. Mm-hmm. They're they're in denial. They don't want to like you know talk about it. Mm-hmm. But maybe a, a family or friend, you know, mm-hmm. like what what are what are things that they could possibly even do to help someone out? Um, just encouraging them, honestly, but in a positive manner because again. Like if you're doing it in a demeaning manner, they're more more than likely not gonna try to get it. So it's like yeah. if you don't get help, then this is gonna happen, kind of thing. And it's just like just remember you have that option. Um, but it's kind of like someone who's an alcoholic. You can't really force them. You can't, you know, they're not. They'll only get help when they're ready to do so. And sometimes they relapse. It happens, and they just have to keep going through that cycle, you know, until they get it right. But um, it's the same thing with depression, anxiety. PTSD, trauma, anything. It just, it, they have to be ready to be able to process it. Um, yeah, it just depends. Like, again, if, when we go back to the grieving, if we all lose, like, the same person, right? Just because I'm ready to go talk to someone doesn't necessarily mean, mean Chico is or you are. You know what I mean? So it just depends on the person. Um, but just encouraging them, providing encouraging words, positive, you know, atmosphere. Um if you know that the certain things that they like, just kind of implement it a little bit more. So um, 
they're more of in a positive atmosphere. But if you see again, if they're declining or they're just changing their mannerisms after that event happened and it's not, it's getting worse, it's actually not getting better, then um, just kind of keep a watchful eye. Um, but that's the most you can do with someone until they're ready to be able to talk about it. Right. Um, to give out an example, um, I guess for myself, it's I have broken up with a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. or she broke up with me, whatever. <laughs> and I guess I went to some kind of a depression. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was drinking. I was, I mean, it was every weekend. Like guaranteed, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna black out. Mm -hmm. I already know. You know, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go there, and mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm gonna get home, but yeah. it's gonna happen. You know, <laughs> it was, it was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see it as as depression. I didn't see it as you know. I mean, the thing is, like my uh, my family would say something. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, "Hey, you should slow down. You know, you shouldn't shouldn't be drinking that much." But mm -hmm. you know, like I said, us Latinos, like nah, he's just he's going through something. You know, mm -hmm. let him drink. Yeah. Let him drink. Let it, let it get out, let him get it out of his system. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens with that though? It could get out of hand, and when it does get out of hand, and you can't control it, that's where it kind of gears a little bit more towards alcoholism. Um, and I'm not saying that you were, <laughs> that you have it. I mean, I probably um, was back then. <laughs> <laughs> but it depends. And it could be situational as well. But um, with alcoholism, there's different, very different forms of it. So somebody can be a functioning, a functioning alcoholic. It just depends how um, you're reacting to it or you're handling it, what the outcome is with it. So um, somebody could just be drinking on the weekends or once a month or once every two weeks. But when they hit that liquor bottle and it depends what the consequences or what, what happens form. after that. You know what I mean? So, for instance, with I use myself as an example. Um, I don't drink as much anymore, but just because I've noticed the circumstances I put myself in. When, cuando me paso, and cuando me paso, it... It, it's really, really easy. I can be drinking three drinks and I'm out. And I black out. And that some people are like, oh, that's really fast. And I'm like, that, that's just my body. Like, I can drink, like, right now I'm drinking a Seagram's. That would be it for the day. But if I would drink a Seagram's, then a beer and something else, I'm out. Like, I don't remember anything after that. And that that's very scary for me. So that's why I just kind of, like, took a step back from it. Because it could be a sign look where... It's not necessarily alcoholism, but the side effects that alcohol is having on me. And it's right. not having the best side effects. Normally, alcohol doesn't have the best side effects, but right. in my situation, it didn't. So I had to be proactive on that and just kind of like step back from it a little bit. Just be more healthy on it and be more responsible with it. If you notice on every bottle, it says drink responsibly because right. it is supposed to be more of a pleasure than something that you're supposed to be I was going to tell you, you just got to practice. I mean, <laughs> build that tolerance. <laughs> but I was joking. I'm just playing. Don't practice, guys. No, not at all. Unfortunately. Practice what she's doing. Hey, pay attention to how it affects you, the side effects that it's bringing to you, and then, you know, be yeah. responsible yeah, with and that. And if you have to, like, let it go, then, you know, you let it go. It's just something that you have to kind of accept that it's just not right for you, not right for right. your body. It's the same thing with, I know we were talking about cannabis earlier. I mean, if that isn't really helping you and maybe now the what was it called the cbd oil cbd, CBD yeah. yeah that's been helping more people out um a little bit more and that's why they were you know using cannabis is to relax a little bit more and you know have that anxiety relax a little bit more but then when they came up with the cbd that helped so that helped them quit the cannabis part of it um but 
with Checo's example, going back to what he just said um, about him breaking up with his girlfriend and everything, you know, he took that route. He took like, let me forget about her, you know, part of my language, like, fuck this. I'm just going to, you know, mm -hmm. do whatever I can to get over this. You know what I mean? And sometimes that helps, but sometimes it doesn't. And fortunately, I'm hoping that it helped. Yeah, she's going to be in the comments like, that motherfucker didn't break up with me. I talked to that. She's probably dealing with some shit right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, you know, and I'm just using my example because I mean, I know a lot of people go through, you know, mm -hmm. breakups and, and whatnot. And that's kind of like the more common one. Uh, especially more for like the, the the younger um crowd if they do listen to this or whatever and if they're going through a breakup and it's like yeah i mean go i, I guess you got to have that one get it out get it out of your way go 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 have fun with your friends or like i said mm -hmm. but when it's you know uh six months later and you're still doing it yeah. it's an issue bro mm -hmm. like you got to stop mm -hmm. you know yeah right. and no i agree with that it just everybody has to go through it differently um and you just have to process it and i know i say that a lot i've said that a lot but it's just processing it is what helps and usually what helps is you know talking about it and why did this happen and some people go off like blame themselves like well they broke up with me because i did x y and z and but it's like the, the, is that really the situation though like kind of talking about with somebody what was someone healthy because like I don't know about you guys, but younger me would probably have been like, you know, fuck her. Like, she doesn't know what she, you know, wants in her life and everything. And being a little bit more negative. So, trying You would to, side with your friend? Yeah, okay. I, would, I would side with him. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, fuck her. Like, whatever, you know, but... Let's keep no. drinking. <laughs> right? Salud. But, salud. Like, she doesn't know what she's losing. You're a great drink person. Man, salud. But a positive friend would be like, you know what? It sucks. I'm sorry. But what do you think happened? Like, why do you think that happened? Did you see this coming kind of thing? You know, but you don't really think about that until you're like older. You yeah, mature. 100%. You know what I mean? Um, some people younger in that age probably do. But Maduros. Yeah, ma there you go. Mas do, you, do you feel like you, you know, analyze every situation and what you've studied and, you know, went to school with? Yeah. For, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I definitely do. Mm. And I feel like just in the past few years and what I've experienced, I feel like I analyze and I observe more of the situation. But then that kind of like veers me more towards overthinking and that causes anxiety. Yep. So then I have to find that boundary, that middle ground where I'm, yeah, like, I'm not at work. Like, I don't have yeah. to deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of have to turn off the social worker yeah. brain, and it's not it's not easy. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I feel like if I would know what you know, I'd be like, I'm up because dealing with some shit. Se le quemaron los frijoles por algo. Algo trae. You know? Yeah, and what's uh. interesting is that you say that. I told that to my friend earlier this month. <clears throat> I told her, I was like, you know what? Social worker me would say, therapist me would say this, but I'm your friend, so you know what? Whatever you decide, I'm here, it's fine, but... She had just broken up with someone, um, and they think they dated for like eight or nine years. So Damn. it was a long time. Yeah. Um, she was, was waiting on the ring. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. But <laughs> no, you're, no, you're, no, you're, you're for real. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jane, so I mean. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> <Tell> Jane? <laughs> so, um, no, but I sometimes go around with my friends saying that, like, do you want social worker answer, therapist answer, or do you want the friend answer? Because, and like, obviously, the friend answer is more respectful, again, because you really think that your friend wants that negative feedback. 
Like, wow. no, they want encouragement. They want like, okay, you know, I'm sorry this like this happened to you. What can I do? Yeah, <laughs> they want you to hear them out, right? Yeah. Now, um, and I'm not sure if we covered too much of it, but I wanted to get into it. Did you have anything else on this? No, no, no. before I switch it up a little bit. Um, with the people that that um, do uh, things more on the on the wild side, or mm-hmm. um, like commit suicide, you know, or leave, you know, anything deeper or hurt someone else, or like, what what do you think is triggering, or what are their uh, their thoughts before doing something like that? In that sense. Yeah, like that's hard um, to understand. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be hard to explain too, but it's yeah. a little bit intriguing to know. Like, because you look at somebody, um, and one of the most recent ones from my, um, somebody that went to school, my, my younger sister, mm-hmm. and like the guy had just had a kid or something, you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know the guy, I don't know that person, but when she told me about it, I was like, man, like he just had a kid, like I, just, I have a son, you know, like man, I would never want to leave him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, and I'm not trying to, um, but put it in a negative manner or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'll just I have a hard time understanding. Like, no, okay, yeah. how do you? Yeah, how do you want to leave your like? Just fighting for my son would be everything. You know, I wouldn't go in the ocean for him or nothing. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy. I tell him that not to go. I told you not to get in there. Fool. <laughs> get out. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, like having that that understanding about that. But like I said, I, I mean, what kind of feedback do you have on that? Like, I know it's hard, but yeah. anything. Normally, when somebody either attempts or has completed suicide, that's already been in their head. Um, that's already something they've been complimenting. They've already been thinking about it. And the contemplating. Thing, thank you. I was you. trying to figure I, it out, too. Contemplating. Yeah. Uh, I'm a social worker that can't speak great. It's okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. It took me like, the whole 30 seconds. I was like, how do you say it? How do you say it? How do you say it? I was like, don't figure it out. <laughs> Hey, English is our second language, jerks. <laughs> yes. So then, um, with that aspect, yeah, that's already been something they've been like thinking about. And um, there are some people we call it um, in a therapeutic term that they wear a mask. So, and that's actually everyone. Everyone wears a mask of what they want to show people and what they really are, or who they really are. And as much as some people try to be their true, authentic self towards like everyone. You're really you, only you with you. You know what I mean? Sure, so 100%. some people just know how to mask it very well. I have a cousin who actually completed suicide. I was actually still in college, I believe. I don't know if it was during, during my master's or my bachelor's year, um, but nobody expected it and that's something that everybody said that nobody expected it this girl was very intelligent very um uh outgoing she was very positive and it just from one minute to the next it happened and it's very hard to understand right yeah and like i always think about it like no like she was happy like no she wasn't compl- and like and even me as a social worker as a therapist like i already know that people have already been thinking about that so like ella ya estaba malita she just didn't want to tell people but i kept since she it hit close to home and she was my or she is my cousin i kept telling myself well no she was a positive person like nobody really knew and like that you fight with that you know what i mean but i should know better and i know that unfortunately she was struggling nobody saw it she knew how to hide it well and so unfortunately the, yeah so the best advice here for parents and like friends and is like 
try to really know the person that you're dealing mm-hmm. with. For parents, more importantly, for me, I'm thinking about my kids right now, and I'm like, then I have to work harder to really know who they are, really know what they want, really mm-hmm. know what they're dealing with, yeah. their friends, who they're hanging out with, mm-hmm. as much as possible, because that's going to... Um, Get you to where you mm-hmm. want to see red flags. All right, yeah. something's up. Okay, they're not and acting it's, it's right. It's like a balancing act. And some people who do really know their children very well, sometimes they just miss the hints. Yeah. And it just happens. Like, I actually, today, I just, um, another cousin of one of my cousins told me that her son, which is obviously my cousin, is going through a hard time right now because, and this is considered a traumatic, so it's actually a perfect example. This past week, um, he played soccer, so on the way back, or everybody was leaving soccer practice, and on the way back home, he and other teammates saw that one of their teammates get in a really bad car accident right in front of them. And so they all, for some reason, they all just thought really fast. They all pulled over. They actually pulled him out of the car and resuscitated him. These are 16, 17-year-old kids, and they were able to do that. And so, anyways, they they resuscitated, we revived him. They waited for the ambulance, and then that happened. And then a few days later, um, a classmate of them completed suicide. So it's just like a double whammy for them. And like, fortunately, the kid who was in the accident, thanks to the, his teammates, he's alive. He's fine. He only has like minor bumps and bruises now. But like, I think what probably he was just knocked unconscious, probably. I obviously don't know the full extent of the story. But, but the fact that they reacted and, re, you know, yeah, responded. Yeah, and fight, fight or freeze. Right. What did they do? They fought. They, they, they like, went over the... Mm-hmm. Right. They saved them and everything. And right now, my cousin is just... She was telling me that he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. She was telling me that her son doesn't want to talk about it. Like, I've already talked about it with my principal, with the nurse and the social worker. Like, I'm fine. I just kind of want to leave it alone right now. And I just told her, I'm like, just keep an eye on him. You know, again, he's going through a grieving process right now. So just, déjalo y cuando él esté. Like, if you see that he's declining. I, and I explained it to her, too. Like, just, you know, keep an eye on him. Um, but he did voice. He verbalized, like, like ahorita no. Just kind of like, because he probably felt like it was too many people were coming to him. Like, congratulations, you saved thing, someone's yeah. life. But then, like, he's going through grief. So it's just, like, a lot of mix of emotions at that time. So... Yeah, I mean, with a suicide, it just depends. I don't really know much about the child who committed suicide, but he was in high school. So um, for all we know, it could have been the pandemic. Maybe he was right. just so depressed and he was just done. And it could still be bullying because even though we all know social media now and yep. with the Internet and technology and stuff, people can be anonymous when they bully. Right. And it just doesn't stop at school anymore. Now it's all the time and it just depends on the kids so that can definitely trigger somebody to complete 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 suicide um but why why are you using a different word than what we're used to is that something more a medical okay instead of committing suicide is completing okay and that's something is that something we should be saying as well like is it no it doesn't okay i didn't i didn't show it was a proper term or something yeah okay both terms are fine i just say complete suicide because um somebody can intent and can try um to do it but they're not successful so when you say complete they were successful unfortunately and another thing that i was going to bring up without you know staying on this topic too long but is it me or does suicide just bring a different level of sadness because like anytime that anybody tells me like oh this person committed suicide and they tell me the story and i'm like and it it brings me a different level of sadness of somebody that hey so-and-so just passed they had a heart attack or you Mm -hmm. know 
and it's not the same like it it, it impacts me in a different way bro and and i don't know it's just it saddens me in a different way i don't really don't know how to explain it does that because it brings you the thought of what could i have done okay okay that's what it yeah could i have done something to prevent this person um and sometimes yeah people could have done something but again again it comes back to like they would have they would have tried to you know show you signs or something but some people just know how to mask it very well they don't want to bother others with their problems um one personal note about me is that i did try when i was around 20 21 years old and um I keep replaying it back in my head and I kept saying that I was I didn't see myself going to that extent. I was not in a good place, but I never thought that I was going to go to that extent. Um, and I actually was not living with my family at that time. So thing were, things were just kind of like down road spiraling, uh, spiraling and it just happened. Um, and I'm a very impulsive person. So I think that had a lot to do with it, too. So, like, I thought about it maybe for, like, a day or two, and I just decided, like, I'm going to do it, and I did it. And then um, in that situation, what saved my life was that my friends found me, and they took me to the hospital right away. Um, but some people aren't that lucky. You right, know? right. They could say it was an impulse. For all we know, my cousin who completed suicide, maybe it was just an impulse for her, and unfortunately, hers just... Yeah, it went a, through. Right. Yeah, was she a was a successful a, attempt that. And that's the proper term too, successful attempt. She, she tried, and it just happened to go like you know, right. I don't know if you guys ever heard of. And I always think that this happened to her. Intelligent kids, um, they obviously are told not to use drugs, right? They are told not to drink. They are told to do certain things because, and they're smart, right? So at that time, what a lot of kids were doing was. Um, hanging themselves but certain till a certain point and then and that would give them the same high as what like certain drugs would right and they knew how to say themselves because they would like have like a stool right near them and they would just and then they would get the high that they needed so technically yeah they're not using drugs it's obviously not healthy that's not the healthy that was on the news for a while where it was like a lot of people weren't saving themselves on time like getting on this you know or doing what they were supposed yeah. to do to, yeah. and they were actually dying, dying because, because of, of it yeah. so what happened in that instance in some cases is because again it's a tolerance thing so if um when you're drinking you're building that tolerance so you have to drink more and more and more to be able to get the same effect right that you want personally so in that in those examples a lot of the kids were Oh, it's not giving me the same high, so I just need another second, or I need, need another two seconds, or something. You said pasaron, and that was the theory. It's obviously not like proven or anything, or nobody right. really knows. Stuff, nobody, right, right. Yeah, but that's what a lot of people were, you know, speculating because it's the same thing. They were trying to get that same high, so they're just adding more and more time to when they're using that method and asphyxiating. Is that something new? Like, this was a few years back when it was like real hyped or popular. What year are we in now? 2021. 2021. 2021. So yeah. it was around 2016, 2015, yep. 2017. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna. I didn't want to say what year because I didn't know, but it was probably yeah. I was no, gonna say about then. four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it was on the news a lot. It was like a lot of kids were losing their lives because they were trying this. I'm sure kids lost their life on their first attempt. Didn't even get a high or anything. They were just trying and, mm. and didn't know how to save themselves or mm. how to stop this process. Because for and all you it, know, they kicked the stool, it was something, whatever. Yeah. You know? 
Um, With, yeah, it it just depends. But um, I always thought that that's probably what happened to this person. But you never know. I actually was telling my boyfriend the um, earlier today that we're right now. I know Checo has been there. You know how there's railroad checks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a fence. No, I never no. noticed. I noticed, and I don't know if it's in front of ours too, but I've noticed in some areas there is a fence in front of it, and it's for that reason. Yeah, because oh, where um I believe I was nineteen, twenty years old, twenty one. When we lived in this apartment and we lived again near train tracks and it was our backyard and unfortunately a kid that went to a high school that was near there he had enough bullying so we had one in uh, glenbard east as well yeah um probably more than one but i remember at least one hanging and one uh getting in front of a train as well um we i'm sure we had more than that but those are the ones that I mean, you remember because these are morning messages on uh, for the mm-hmm. whole school. Hey, we're you know we're grieving and we're praying for these families that are mm-hmm. this and this so and so happened, and all of a sudden you know every, it's going through the school like, hey, this person you know this happened, and yeah, that, there was two situations: one hanging for sure, I remember, and then one that got in front of a train, mm-hmm. uh, football player. Yeah. 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 So, and this, like I said, this is people that you think are like, hey, he's living the dream, he's varsity mm-hmm. team, or you know whatever, you know. And it's not the case. You know, they're dealing with something else. It could be something yeah. at home or whatnot. Right. Yeah. And that's um, that's where, yeah, it is important to have the communication, but you just never know um, what those instances. It just happens, like, you know, maybe the kid who you just, like, gas him and make of it or whatever, you know. One thing I kind of do want to mention is I, I really hope schools do better in investigating when somebody says that they're being bullied and actually putting proper consequences on the ones who are actually doing it. Because it makes the other kids' life miserable, and that's where they contemplate certain things, and they probably don't lead the life that they should be because they're receiving this at school or at home because of social media. Um, I know, I'm not sure in this state, but in a few states, um, social media bullying is now, I don't want to say criminalized, but it is there. To an extent. Being penalized in a different way. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, if they find out the person who's doing it, it is still a form of bullying, so they are putting some consequences on that. Which I I think that's that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And and we go back to uh, what we were talking about earlier, like, hey, man, no sea culo, or don't be a, you know, Mm -hmm. sissy, or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, man up, take it, dude, take it like a man, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody's not built like that, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, people have feelings. Other people are more sensitive than other other kids are way more sensitive. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what type of uh, upbringing they're having at their house. They may they may already be dealing with an abusive parent, an alcoholic uh, parent, you know, and then they come to school, which is supposed to be a safe zone. And mm-hmm. then they get attacked even worse, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that that you're saying mm-hmm. that, you know, I didn't know that. And but my kids re- aren't in school yet, but yeah. I'm hoping that that does take effect. Yeah, that's just the reason I say that is because, unfortunately, as much as some people don't want to admit, some kids get special privileges. And that's what kind of really me molesta. Because, like, yeah, he's the star football player, but that doesn't excuse his behavior. Correct. You need him to win games. I get it. But that does not excuse his behavior. He's making other people miserable because of his actions. And and like you said, if he's having a rough time at home, then he needs to you. We need to help him with that. Maybe not penal like penalize him or whatever, not give him consequences, but it, there's different ways to you know to try to fix things, right? To yeah. mitigate and, and correct mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. 
And we got, I mean, we got deep into the whole. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we did. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good, though. Yeah. I didn't want, yeah, but it brings my, I, I'm telling you, all, talking about the stuff like that, man, always brings me down a little bit. You know what I mean? 100%. Because um, grieving with that is very, very different than grieving with someone who, you know, passes naturally or of right. old age or, you know, and it, even if somebody was in a car accident and it was just, you know, obviously an accident, it is just a different grieving process. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you got, Shaka? What do you think, man? Um, no, I think we kind of covered everything that I that I wanted to bring up and and whatnot, and um, hopefully people learned something from this mm-hmm. from this podcast. Um, that way they can help out their family members, their friends, and you know now you know uh, some signs to look for. You know, mm-hmm. uh, especially like I said when we talked about the kids, you know, especially with the pandemic and. At least, you know, I guess we kind of know, and this is just our opinion, and just you know. Um, but that way they know kind of why, mm-hmm. you know, why some of these kids were acting a certain way, you know, um, from not being in school, not being able to socialize with kids and mm-hmm. their friends. Okay. And adults, I feel, do need to also watch how, like, self-care is very important. And I do feel that um, it adults, I feel, are very affected in this pandemic as well because they're staying home a lot more. Right. So um, my advice is just be very self-aware. There is a lot of information out there. Um, there is also the suicide hotline now that you had mentioned about suicide. Um, they actually have different methods of communicating. So either texting, you can call. Um, so it just there is a lot of methods of getting different help. Um, if you're too scared to ask for someone to get their help. Um, right. So, because the suicide not hotline doesn't necessarily mean like you're about to do it. It just means that it has crossed your mind and you just need someone to talk to really quick so you can yeah. get that out of your mind in a sense. And they do give you coping skills. They do give you certain things to focus on so you can kind of subside those thoughts a little bit and process those thoughts. And so you can like not move on, but like you can feel a little bit better. Um, and the suicide hotline can be, yeah. yeah. And actually, I didn't even know that existed through the suicide hotline. Mm-hmm. My buddy's wife, and I'm not sure if she still works there, but she worked at uh, at that uh, place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't the person that was assisting, but mm-hmm. she was the person that would take the first initial, like front line, mm-hmm. and then she would transfer you over to an oh, agent, too. you know, to to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, before that, I didn't even know that existed, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it does it does have a lot of references on that site. So if like you necessarily can't find certain things like to be self aware or anything like that, excuse me, that site does provide a lot of references so you can educate yourself on that. But you are right, Jekyll, it is very important to just be self aware, be educated and just be um proactive um on this because especially again with our culture, it's a very big stigma and something that is not really talked about. And we really do need to have that conversation with each other and it's okay just normalize it that's what i'm trying to say normalize right, right. it it's fine it's fine to have depression but do something so you can get better so you can be there around for your family or the same thing with anxiety some people who have anxiety stop attending events stop doing certain things because they feel like they are going to be one judged or they just can't be themselves at that time so then they just kind of like fade away so but uh yeah Try to try to work on it. Try to process it. Try yeah. to get it, you know, get it right. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, um. I was gonna say just to kind of wrap up. Um. I was I was gonna link. If you have links or, or phone numbers, I'll put that on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. I mean, I'll link everything below. Um. I don't know if you know if you know them right off the top of your head, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll link it later on. Mm-hmm. Just to, 
and i think that's pretty much it we're gonna wrap it up um thank you again thank for you. coming on and, and helping us talk about this subject i know it's a little touchy for some people and mm-hmm. hopefully like i said people learn something and are now able to help or at least to look out for the signs you know mm-hmm. for those family members for those friends that mm-hmm. you know they might suspect and you know you break up with a girlfriend or whatever like i said man it's okay that one you know two you know whatever going back to that right you're still dealing with something dude i'm so hurt bro (laughs) (laughs) but no it's just hey it's all right but after a while man y'all gotta shake it off no right right right. and um but all jokes aside for real if anybody is dealing with something or if you know someone that's dealing try to help out try to you know you know be kind you know be respectful be mindful um, you never know what someone is going through um, before you react to something and, and be angry. You know, you know, always think like, yeah, hey, you never know what that person is going through mm-hmm. and, and, and shake it off, whatever it could be. You know, sometimes you get upset over some dumb shit mm-hmm. and, you know, you never know what that person is dealing with. Yeah. So just always be mindful, respectful and be kind, you know. And that's it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Thank you.